fellow planeswalkers. I'm James. And I'm Paul. And you're listening to the newest episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 42. And we're talking about our predictions for Commander this year in 2021. We've already gotten Kaldome, the newest set in standard currently. All those beautiful dwarfs. I wish they were Vikings, but they're Berserkers and Warriors. But I really wanted them to be, to be Vikings. Um, so we're going to go through and do our predictions for the next couple of sets upcoming. Uh, but before that, we have our upkeep trigger to do with. And last week, I put you on the spot, Paul, and I said, Hey, man, have you played any magic this week? The answer was no. So I'm going to say it again. And it's probably the last time I'm going to ask you, have you played magic? And I'm going to tell you again, stop putting me on the spot, James. <laughs> but it's so much fun. Um, no, I actually, I haven't, uh, I haven't played magic this week. Uh, however, uh, I did let some of my, my inner, uh, planeswalker come to life today. You'll see, you'll see what I mean a little later. Oh yeah. Um, I basically joined wizards R and D for a little bit today, but, uh, yeah, you'll unofficially, hear about later. <laughs> unofficially joined Wizards R&D today. Uh, we have some spicy stuff coming up in this episode. I am so excited to talk about this stuff. I Just seeing what we got in Kaldime and how they kind of did that flavor-wise um, and power and everything for that set. If they do something similar for every other set or moving forward for this year, oh, it's going to be a great year for Commander. <laughs> Last year was Commander Christmas. This year's Commander Christmas. Yeah, I was actually, I was talking with a few other friends of mine about Kaldheim, and it seems like a lot of people are on the same kind of wavelength with Kaldheim, where, where they think it's like, oh, it was okay, like nothing too broken. And I'm like, good. Like that, that, that is the reaction you should have with the standard set. Yeah. It shouldn't be, oh my God, this is the next Oko. Like, no, like, that shouldn't be a thing. Especially in standard. I mean, we did get Magda and Goldspan Dragon, both in mono red, both caring about treasures, but I don't think that was anywhere near inherently as broken as Oko. I, to, to be fair, I actually think that Magda, which I'm pretty sure that's the, uh, that's the dwarf, right? That cares about yeah, treasures. Yeah, it's the, it's the one in a red, she has the activated ability to sack five and go and get a artifact or dragon card from your uh, from your library and yeah, put it on the battlefield? I, I think that card is absolutely busted. Uh, I just think it's going to take some time for people to figure that out. Um, but I actually kind of want to build that deck, even though it'll probably be really expensive because artifacts are expensive. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, they really they, they are, especially <laughs> in our format, because they go in literally every deck. Yeah, not to mention that a lot of the a lot of the artifacts that you use for monocolored decks haven't been reprinted in quite some time. Although, I just thought of something, which I yeah. will bring up when we move on to the next segment here. All right. So we're still in our upkeep trigger, honestly. Like, we need to talk about a little bit of magic plays we've been doing. Um, have I played magic this week? I have played magic this week. I very much played the Timna and Vile Smasher list that I put together and talked about last week on the podcast. I got to pilot it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I got Blood Chief Ascension out and got the three counters on it. And then... Every time something happened in a turn, I'd be like, did a thing go to the graveyard? Did a card go to the graveyard? Are you taking damage? I think you're taking damage. And they were like, God damn it, stop making me take damage. <laughs> um, I was forced down to like, when I say forced, I mean, I was zanshed down to like one life. To Jeez. anybody could have killed me. You know, I'm in a Madu deck. They're like, oh, he probably has ways to gain life and do all that kind of shenanigans. I'm like, I really don't. 
I don't have anything like that. It's, it's, I don't know what's in this list. I didn't put it together. I just went, yeah, I'll play it. Why not? I'll give it a go. So I went in completely blind, except for knowing maybe like one or two of the combos that are in there because, you know, I'm a disgusting combo player and that kind of rubs off on everybody that I build decks with. And, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, let's just say I, I got an exquisite blood on the field and everyone's like, uh oh, here we go. And I'm like, yes. And they started dealing damage to each other. I'm like, yes, yes. Let me gain more life. So I ended up gaining like 50 life in a couple of turns. And they're like, so where'd that Zancha go? And I went, she's off the field because I destroyed her. <laughs> uh, I'm Still actually win, pretty glad to hear that there was a Zancha in that game. That was one of the commanders or cards that I was uh, really excited about in, uh, what, what was the set that it came out? Was it Commander 20? I bet it was tw uh, Commander 20. Was it really that recent? I think so. I don't think it was. I don't think I've, I mean, I've seen that card like once or twice. Haven't actually like looked at it, looked at it. I just went, uh, it's Zancha. Because obviously like we're playing over webcam and I didn't have the card actually on my field. I just had a uh, an upside down token to represent that I had Zancha on my field. Uh, yeah, that is definitely not a very webcam friendly uh, card to be playing. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it's still a lot of fun. Uh, uh, it was released in the Commander 2018 decks. Wow, I was right. <clears throat> I can't tell you which deck. I'm pretty sure it, it came out in the in the Jun deck, didn't it? Yeah. I think that it came, out, it came right. out in the same deck as uh, Thantus the Webweaver. Is that his name? Then, yeah, it was the Jun deck. So it was the Lord yeah. Windgrace deck. Yes. Man, we're so good here, in the, here at the uh, Commander, Arms, Commander Arms podcast. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, so had Zancha, uh, that wasn't actually the commander of that deck. It was actually Blim. Ah, uh, okay. So it was like, he get it, he got value for having, you know, you have his permanence. Mm -hmm. Yep. Still didn't win that game though. <clears throat> After everything, <laughs> I ended up losing and I'm okay with it. I mean, I got to do my thing. I got down to like one life and then was able to get all my life back. And I really think with that deck, I want to add like, a Bolus's Citadel, maybe it might even have a Bolus's Citadel in it already, but I just didn't pull it. I think it is in there. I can't remember when I took a look at the list, but I'm pretty sure I saw it in there. So I'm pretty happy with that deck. It needs a little bit of tweaking, but other than that, like it's pretty much on point for like a mid range uh, 2016 uh, partner commander deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you ever have your time machine, you can just go back and pub stomp with it. Yeah, exactly. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just let me just call Doc Brown real quick and see if he's got the DeLorean available for the weekend. Marty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough messing around here. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this of this uh, podcast. Let's get into the main phase one where we're going to break down what we want to see in all of the sets moving forward in 2021. We're going to start with the time spiral time spiral remastered set. So this is one that. I didn't have much experience with playing original Time Spiral. I had a couple of questions to really, you know, ask Paul about uh, a couple of the rarity things and why there was purple set symbols. I was like, what is with the purple set symbols? So, Paul, take it away. What are your thoughts on the Time Spiral Remastered set? Uh, this is actually one of the... I'm, I'm excited about every set that's coming out this year. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Except for uh, the last one that we're going to talk about, which... Uh, I may or may not be excited about that one. It depends on various factors that I'll explain later. But uh, Time Spiral Remastered is probably one of the top two sets that I'm most excited about this year. 
which is saying a lot because they're all pretty awesome. Uh, and the reason why is because I wasn't actually playing Magic when the original Time Spiral set came out, uh, but I've heard from other people and through looking at the cards that were in that set that it was a great experience. It was a, a unique draft format, and I really hope that the remastered set is a just a revival of that classic Time Spiral experience. Yeah, uh, just because of all the good things that I've heard about it. Um, for those of you who are not aware, James just mentioned uh, the purple rarity cards, which in the original Time Spiral set, there was a unique rarity called Time Shifted, I believe, where there were basically older cards that were printed into the then standard, now modern format. So cards like Acroma Angel of Wrath. Um, let's see if I can remember any others. I actually can't off the top of my head. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> as soon as we hit, it's like as soon as we hit record to record the podcast, all of our magic knowledge just disappears. Uh, Marieki Rebarret, the uh, the uh, Esper Steel Stuff Commander. She was also Ooh. one of the time shifted cards there. Uh, there's even there's a card that has Rampage, which is a now retired mechanic uh, that was printed in Time Spiral. So you could theoretically play Rampage in Modern if you wanted to. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not very good, but you could. And, uh, yeah, so with Time Spiral Remastered, I'm just hoping that we can get that very famous Time Spiral experience. Uh, I think we might because they actually, the working name for Modern Horizons was Time Spiral 2. And so oh. with how much success Modern Horizons saw, I feel like they would be encouraged to uh, approach this in a similar manner. Yeah, and I know we already have five of the cards that have been announced so far. One of them being the pre-order, not pre-order box, but it's the uh, the buyer box promo of the foil Lotus Bloom, which is the suspend three after they after the suspend count has come off, it comes in, it taps for three uh, of any one color mana. Yeah, you have to tap and sacrifice it. <clears throat> yeah, it's just a Black Lotus essentially, but I mean, Black Lotus is so powerful, they're never going to reprint that. I mean, <coughs> Jeweled Lotus. Um but I mean, it's a it's a good card. I would probably play it if I had a copy of it over some other cards. But that's a really cool card to get as a buy box promo. It's not as powerful as like say Nexus of Fate, or maybe it is as powerful as Nexus of Fate, maybe. Um, but we also got Path to Exile. We got Relentless Rats. We got Chalice of the Void and Cranial Plating, all in their original printing. So they all all those artifacts have the the brown printing uh, before they were modernized in. Paul, it was eighth seventh edition? edition. Seventh edition, I believe. So, seventh edition was when it started. Yeah, they all have their original brown printing, and I am so excited for that because I love those artifacts because they're the ones that I remember playing with back in the schoolyard, slapping my cards down on the concrete and tapping them so hard that you end up with scratches on the back, and then realizing that they're like hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of cards. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, man. I actually um. I, this is going to sound really bougie of me, but like I actually vastly prefer the Judge promo swords because they are printed in the old uh, brown border. I just think that they look so cool. Oh, such a bougie magic collector, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like the thing is, this like that. This is the new purple rarity, by the way. It looks like in this set they're taking like already printed cards and they're printing them in these older borders. So they're going in reverse, right? Instead of taking older cards and bringing them forward, they're taking current cards and pushing them backward in time. Can we get a soul ring maybe? So that would be oh. a cool one. We've seen a lot of soul rings recently though, so I'm not sure how likely that True. is. True. Uh I would actually love to see a solemn simulacrum in the old border. 
I think that would yeah. look absolutely insane. Maybe an arcane signet in the arcane old portal. Signet would be a good one. Uh, That'd be a really cool one. Though that is a commander only card, so I don't think they would print that in a true. Uh, uh, what do you call it? it? Uh, I just want a, I just want a brown mono artifact uh, arcane signet. I mean, I know when I do up um, now. I don't know if I'm going to get like hated on for this or whatever, but I do proxies in some of my decks. Uh, so it's just to signify that I have a copy of the cards and other decks and everything. And when I do get them and when I do do them, it's with the brown art on the artifacts, because that's just the way I love my artifacts to look is that really old. And if I can get them in white bordered as well, like brown artifacts with white border, I'm all about that. <laughs> You're a monster. I am a monster. Like, <laughs> I am probably the worst magic player out there. I'm a monster when it comes to collecting because I know what I want. And if it doesn't come that way, I'll buy a copy of the card, make sure I have a couple copies. But then when I put it in a deck, I will make up a, uh, I'll do up a special like proxy for it, for the, uh, you know, the brown and the, the white border. Understandable. Uh, I'm actually the same way. Like, I mean, I already said, like, I, I, I vastly prefer usually the older printings of cards, depending on various factors. Yeah. Um, but I'm really curious to see what other cards we can actually get with this older border. If they are indeed only doing current cards, then that limits the pool somewhat. Um, another thing I, I thought of before when, me, when uh, we were opening up this episode is I just realized I mentioned that there were various artifacts that are only used in like monocolored decks. Uh, one of which is Gauntlet of Power, which was originally printed in Time Spiral. So I'm actually really hoping that we can get a Gauntlet of Power reprint in this set. That would be amazing. Gauntlet of Power is the four mana artifact that lets you tap for an additional color? Five mana. Five mana. Okay. Five mana, and when it enters a battlefield, you choose a color. Uh, creatures, I can't remember if this was printed before or after they stopped using generics. I think it was before. So I want to say it says all creatures of the chosen type get plus one plus, or the chosen color get plus one plus one. And whenever a player taps a basic land for mana of that color, they add an additional one of that color. Yeah, okay. It's like exclusively used in monocolor decks for obvious reasons. And yeah, it's, I think like a, it's like a power pushed um, Cage Sun, which came out in, I think, one of the 2016, not 2016 decks, sorry, the 2014 decks. Well... I think Cage Sun is more or less just the fixed version of it because that one that one does specify things you control. Uh, Long yeah, okay. Power does not. Um, but uh, I would really love to see that card get a reprint because right now it's like fifteen twenty bucks somewhere around there, and uh, it's just you know it's quite a nice card to have for model color decks, especially in colors that don't ramp a lot like red and white. White, <clears throat> but white. we did fix that. We we have ways of fixing white in our hypothetical uh, uh, slot coming up. So yes. slight spoiler to something that we're going to talk about in the next 15, 20 minutes, depending on how much we ramble on about uh, uh, Strixhaven. But um, speaking of Strixhaven, do you want to move on to Strixhaven now? Please do. All right, then. So we have the next set that's coming out. It is the next standard set. It is Strixhaven School of Mages. This set sounds like it's a lot of fun. Now, I'm not sure exactly where Strixhaven is, as I'm not up to date with the law completely but i believe that it's on dominaria isn't it i'm honestly not sure i'm gonna uh inconspicuously look it up while you keep talking <laughs> so yeah strixhaven is just this like really cool i really wanted to feel like this harry potter-esque kind of set you know like lots of spells and 
maybe it's like just so much wizard tribal that we're just going to have wizard tribal coming out of our asses maybe eventually part of my french um but this is a set that i could see that we're going to get some maybe really cool like maybe mono uh blue wizards and like is it wizards as well because i mean obviously like it's strixhaven it's all about casting spells and maybe we'll get some more flicker stuff maybe um again we don't really know much in the direction that they're going with strixhaven and uh, not really being super in-depth with the, like, not being so much of, like, a lore buff. Not really knowing exactly, like, where they could go with this one. But I really want to see just really cool, iconic spells that we could be using for years to come. So, apparently, and I, again, I'm assuming this is all subject to change. Uh, Strixhaven is actually located on a new plane, not an existing Ooh. one. Uh, and it is composed of five schools or colleges so i guess there'll be like a school of the arcane school of the divine thing like that um jerkin will get like oh that'd be really cool what if we get like arcane spells back and divine spells back and you know like these kind of weird like spell types that would be cool i don't think it would happen because i think it it since it is a standard set it might overcomplicate things a little bit um no standard players can do it i mean I mean, they had Ikoria. Come on. Yeah, exactly. How <laughs> how complicated was the mutate mechanic? Like, that thing is just bonkers when it comes to rules. Like, I'm pretty sure the rules for that is, like, at least, like, 17 sub-rules in itself. And uh, they're still using mutate to this day as well. And, I mean, people still don't understand how mutate works. And we started out our podcast talking about mutate. And even now, I've got people messaging me going, how does mutate work again? Even I come to Paul and go, how does mutate work again? Like, if I do this and this and this, is this going to work? And I just think that's, you know, we don't give standard players enough credit for what mechanics that they can handle. Um, I definitely don't disagree, and I, I also definitely... Mm, well, I don't want to put too many hot takes in one video, but shuffling is okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Standard. Well, I mean, like, isn't it lucky that we're not a, we're not, uh, a video podcast yet? Yeah, yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't see us just yet, but maybe in the future, if we get that point, we'll, we'll start doing video content. I am, Which I'd love to do. I'm actually super excited about Strixhaven uh, with the main reason being that I personally love Skyrim and Skyrim, or I'm sorry, Strixhaven sounds a lot to me like the, uh, uh, I forgot what it's called. The, there, was a, there was a school, there was a magic school in Skyrim. Oh yeah, I did all those side quests yeah. for and them. This, it, just, it really reminds me of that, like even the fact that it's snowing because it wasn't a, a, a winter town in Skyrim. I just, I don't know. It, it inspires a lot of nostalgia in me, and I think that we're in for a real treat with uh, Strixhaven. I think so, too. I, I really, really do. I also really hope we get legendary creatures that are the professors. That would be cool. So, like, in the ways of Baron Talarian Archmage was a legendary from Core 21 kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, very similar. Do you reckon there'll be, like, like you said there was five colleges, right? Yes, do you reckon there'll be like one for each color? So there'll be like Wooberg of, of all the I guess professors. that would make sense, huh? So we'd get like <laughs> a brand new legendary. So we'd get like a brand new mono white, blue, red, black, and green um, professor commanders. So it could either be that or each college could have four color identities because there's exactly five different four color identities that you can have, right? That's wrong? true. Is it only and four? Then you've got that, but then you've got the headmaster who is just then just this big old like King Kenrith so Kenrith the Returned King card, where it's like he's just five colors and does everything that every other college can do. 
Yeah, the dean. Yeah. Ken, Kenra, the dean <laughs> of Strixhaven. <laughs> Dumbledore! <laughs> the professor of Strixhaven. Oh, man. Or, I mean, getting a little more serious now, if we see that kind of, like, monocolored professor, or even, like you said, um, four-color, two-color, three-color kind of professor dealio, because we have the ability, I'm not really the ability, but they're, they're doing a lot of, like, the MDFC cards. Do you reckon we'll see, like, the professor on one side, and then, like, their familiar on the back, or their magical item on the back, maybe, like we did see with uh, the Kaldime cards? Um, hmm. That's is a good question. Or do you I'd think I'm just like reading a little too far into this? I'd imagine we'd see some form of double face card. Although I'm actually not sure. I feel like the reason they did it here was because they needed to finish out the land cycle. And they figured that since they had it in the set, they may as well put on other cards. So I'm not actually entirely sure if we'll see them come back in Strixhaven. Uh, I mean, that's fair. Maybe we'll do something else. We'll have like three, like mo like, like not double faced, but like tri faced cards. I don't know. We'll have triangle cards coming up soon. Hmm. That seems like a bold <laughs> marketing strategy. Yeah. Imagine trying to sleeve up those triangles. <laughs> yeah. You want to <laughs> imagine the foils curling. Oh, man. You'd have a you cylinder. Just... Yeah, you would. You wouldn't even have Pringles. You'd have a cylinder. <laughs> then you could put something on top, like a drink or something, and you would d it would never fall. Yeah. You could use your premium oh, foil cars as a beer, uh, beer holder. When not. We're not here to throw shade on Commander Legends foils, okay? <laughs> we all we all know they curl, and I think I am probably the most upset about it because I just I have a I have a stack of cards sitting on a uh, cupboard next to my recording like room, and when I look at the cards, you can see everything's perfectly flat until you get to like the one part of stack where I open up all the Commander Legends stuffs for the Instagram, and it's just Pringled. <laughs> and I'm so annoyed about it. All right. Enough about Strixhaven. We don't really yes. know a lot about that yet. Hopefully we'll hear more uh, coming up pretty soon here. Hopefully we do, because, I mean, like, I didn't even realize how close Time Spiral Remastered was. I thought we'd have at least another month or two gap between the next thing coming out. And I just, I still feel like it's just product after product after product after product. Cause we just got like, we just got Caldine and those packs are coming out. Um, I think the secret layers just got announced as well. And those are coming out for like Valentine's day and, and black history month and everything else. And it's like wizards, bro. Like just slow down for like 10, just pump the brakes just a little bit. I and think just, just I'm give us a chance to breathe. <laughs> And like recoup our funds and not like every paycheck have to fork out 60, 70 bucks for new product. So I'm just going to say that I think the reason, because we're, Caldine came out over a month into the new year. Yeah. So it, it wasn't actually like that quick, but I think what's making it feel a lot quicker is the fact that we now have like secret layers bridging the gap between these set releases. Because you just hear about those all the time. Yeah. And I just realized that we're also in February this year and it's not January anymore. Yeah. And I still sometimes feel like I'm in December. So, I mean, like this quarantine lockdown period of, of, of COVID-19 has really messed with uh, just me personally trying to think about what month it is, yet what day it is. Um, so, I mean, it's been hard. And again, like just feeling like it's January and we're already getting uh, Time Spiral Remastered, you know, on the horizon is just, it's nuts to me. Uh, yeah, I mean... There's really not much else to say about that. <laughs> so that's enough about Strixhaven. Let's uh, let's go into our combat phase here now. Let's 
Here are a message from our sponsors before we come back and we'll talk about the rest of the second half of the year. That's going to be 2021. So we'll go to a, an ad break right now. Welcome back from that ad break. So we're going to go into the second half and the main phase two of this episode. And we're going to talk about the D&D set. So we finally got the crossover event that we've, we've all been waiting for. And that is Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. What I find funniest about this, first of all, this is the set I'm most excited about this year. I'll just put it out there. Um, but also what I find funny about it is that we had a silver-bordered promo card called Sword of Dungeons & Dragons. And I guess they looked at that card and they were like, hmm, people, kinda, people were kind of into this. So they decided, <laughs> you know what? We should do that. <laughs> yeah, and they did it as a whole set, like a whole <laughs> standard set, by the way. Is this, this standard? Is, yeah, this is this is the third standard set that's coming out this year because the last one is the uh, the Innistrad Werewolves and Vampires. Wow, that's actually yeah, this, kind of insane. Yeah, right. So I mean, this is a standard set, my dude. Like it's it's crazy because, like you said, they they took a silver bordered card, which was Dungeons and Dra sort of Dungeons and Dragons, and went, yeah. I mean, if you have a rogue, it does this, and if you have a dragon, you make a dragon or whatever it does. Like that is a busted card, man, and. You know, it's the crossover event that we've been, we've been wanting for a while. And, like, I just want to do... Because we all know, like, you know, Magic and D&D &D have always been connected, you know, by, like, having D&D uh, &D stories told in the realm of Magic and everything. Like, you can do, like, the Ravnica D&D &D campaign sets and everything else. But, like, all I want to do now is play Dungeons & Dragons inside like inside dungeons and dragons no matter where it is even if it's on like on ravnica or on zendikar or wherever and just like encounter people playing commander in pubs that would be absolutely awesome so you're, so you're saying like you're talking about playing dungeons and dragons and rping playing magic yeah <laughs> yeah like you just walk past somebody and they're like oh and they're like oh i play my uro and it's like oh i'm just gonna cast a counter spell on that and you're like damn man as you, play, as, you play, as you play your Uro, a judge walks by. He notices <laughs> you playing Uro. He says, that card's banned. I'm giving you a GQ. <laughs> well, it's only banned in everything but Commander. So, I mean, if they're playing Commander, it's still fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I, I was like, oh, I was like, I, I cast my Commander. And you're like, hold on a second. They're playing Commander. Oh, roll for Detection. What is it in 5th Edition? It is uh, Perception. Roll for Perception to see if you know what uh, what they're talking about have a toddle over there and see it. So I like, I got the idea from like uh, Warcraft and Hearthstone because Hearthstone, when you play Hearthstone, you're essentially sitting in a tavern inside Azeroth, right? So that's what I kind of wanted to do with D&D was like sit down, play D&D and then encounter people in a pub somewhere just playing Magic the Gathering and playing Commander and then maybe just playing a game of Commander inside D&D. Roll, roll for perception to see if you understand <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> okay i roll a three they're talking about spells and beasts it sounds dangerous you're concerned you approach the bartender <laughs> oh you barkeep how much for an ale boy there now this isn't this isn't too far away from what we did uh without out we actually we had a dandy podcast for a while and because of covid we kind of had to stop um because of like the travel restrictions and everything else that was going on but this was an outside of the realm of possibility for us. I mean, this is where this D &D, this, this podcast really came from was we had that D&D &D podcast and that's all I wanted to do in that podcast was, um, you know, role play 
us inside that. And that's where I kind of got the idea from. So like I wanted our characters in the game to encounter us in the real world, playing them while they encounter someone in the, in the place they're in playing magic. Yeah. I, have I, I Chris, <laughs> have I Christopher Nolan you too much right now? Uh, the logistics are kind of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> but anyway, we like, aside from that and how much hype I am for the amount of like role playing you can do with this set and everything else. Uh, we, when I say we, I mean, Paul, you designed a card that you think you want to see in this set. And I'm going to let you explain this card. Yeah, because so <laughs> you're really good at doing that and you made this thing and I love it, by the way. Yeah, before we started this, uh, started recording, James went to the bathroom and in the time he was in the bathroom, nice. I literally made a, a whole card because, you know, like I said, I'm really excited about this set and I kind of want to see some fun, some maybe pushed things, depending on how you feel. Oh, and, uh, it's I not, it's not pushed, pushed. Like it's not, it's not Uro format breaking and it's not Oko like format breaking, but it is, uh, it's really good. Um, so I made a creature, uh, bear in mind that this is, you know, obviously just something that I made up off the top of my head and, uh, I wanted to incorporate some of them, some D and D flavor into a card and it's actually a lot more difficult to do that than I thought it might be. Uh, so here we have 10th level ranger. And by the time you hear this episode, I'll have, I'll probably, I told James, I'll post these on Twitter. Uh, but that won't happen until like you're listening to this. Uh, so when 10th level ranger enters a battlefield, create X resource tokens where X is the number of lands you control, then choose either gather or hunt. And resources are artifacts that have one and sacrifice, pay one and sacrifice this artifact, gain two life. Uh, if you choose gather, you sacrifice any number of resources you have, then draw that many cards. And if you choose hunt, you sac, uh, you still sacrifice any number of resources you have, but you destroy that many creatures instead of drawing cards. So it's a very versatile card. You can tell that I made it because it is modal. You get to pick which one that you want to do. And... <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but yes, <laughs> your, your innate love for modal spells has come across into your, uh, your development and R and D side of magic. Um, a lot of people would probably place this in the Golgari camp because of the hunt part. It says destroy creatures, but rangers are i don't know they don't feel very golgari to me and there is precedent for destroying creatures in white so i thought that this could be pushed into the white camp a little bit just to give it a little bit of a power buff because it also uh lets you draw cards granted it is green white uh but it is still a little bit of a, a power buff for selesnia decks and the like also worth noting that omnath decks would love this card Omnath decks would definitely love this card. <laughs> like this would be super oppressive in an Omnath deck. I didn't even think about that when you sh when I came back and I was reading it um, on a little like DM chat thing on Discord. I went, well, we decided like we, we were kind of hovering like what CMC should this be at? Like what power level do we want this? Like sorry, like what converted mana cost do we want do we want this card at? Like we couldn't have it at four because that was going to power creep. Uh, harmonize which is you know a, just a really good draw card spell and i think six is a little bit too high for this so we kind of landed on 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 five and i think at five cmc this is like it's really it's it's, it's probably where it wants to be where it wants to sit and i propose the you know the casting cost of maybe you know one green 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 white maybe 
or, you know, four green and a white. Something like, so it's still a little hard to get out, so you're being rewarded really highly for having mana fixing in your deck. And I know in Commander we have optimal ways of fixing our mana, but we landed on, like, two green, green, and white. And I think it needed white in it because, I mean, white does need that little power bump that we kind of want to see white have. And this is such a flavorful way of doing it in the D&D set um, that this, I don't think this would break standard either. Like I realized that this is a standard set and I wasn't thinking about that when we were like creating it, but I don't think this would break standard because I mean, we've seen more powerful cards come out in standard. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Uro and, um, any other, Uro, and, and any other O cards that came out. Um, I mean, this went through a couple of different iterations while we were talking about it. Um, yeah, it's also worth noting. I didn't mention a power and toughness, but this would probably have to be like a three, three or something like that for balance reasons. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that because, uh, you know, huh, we didn't do that. We were just worried about how much it cost. Who cares if it's a creature and what Terran toughness <laughs> it is? But yeah, you would. You, I mean, this is it's still boltable at that point, which I mean, that's fine. Um, it doesn't really die to like shock or anything in standard, which I'm pretty sure shock is still in standard at like current. And uh, I mean, no people many run those kind of like direct damage spells in commander either, as we're trying to like R&D this for commander and not specifically standard because we are a uh, commander podcast but the fact that this is like an etb you make tokens and destroy creatures it's a board wipe it's a card draw engine um in green and white i mean you have ways of i mean especially in white you have ways to flicker this with like ephemerate and eldrazi displacer i mean uh, this doesn't give you inf this doesn't give you mana which is fine but if you can have ways to make infinite mana and then flicker this thing infinitely you could burn or destroy your whole deck out. You could destroy all the creatures on the field. Um, gain infinite life. Gain infinite life with the amount of like, um, these are resource tokens are essentially just like a different version of food tokens. Yeah. They're, Cause they're, they're, <laughs> they're actually like when food tokens first came out, this is what I thought they should have been, which is why I, I did that. Yeah. And this is what food token should be. Cause we, we were discussing about like what a food token should be. And, you thought it was what three to gain two, and it's still. I thought, it, I thought well. it was three. I thought it was three for three. Three for three, yeah. I still think one for two is really good, and I mean, again, in commander, two life is decent, but we are at forty life. It's not too bad. You have to sack a lot of these for that effect, and I mean, on this card, you're kind of seeing it as well. Who cares if it gains you two life? We're going to use these tokens to draw cards, which is more powerful. Uh, worth noting. Uh, aside from this card, I did mention 10th level Ranger, and I actually was pointing out to James that uh, this would be a, a cool set to see level up return as a mechanic. Although yeah. when, I, when, I, when I thought of that, I didn't realize that this was a standard set, and they probably wouldn't bring level up back in the standard set, if at all. No, I think, I think that's a little too mechanically in-depth uh, for standard sets. And not just that, but like the amount of mechanics we see in standard at the moment um i mean there are a lot of mechanics and to add like one more that doesn't really help standard in that way um but i mean i'd love i'd love to see more level up mechanics come back uh we don't have enough of them yeah plus i'd i'd hate to imagine <laughs> judge what happens if i level up my mutated creature Ugh. oh my god <laughs> could you imagine that in an event or something like i feel like like, judges have such a bad time when it comes to, like, learning the new mechanics and how they work. Because Mutate is such, like, an intensive, just 
rules comprehension mechanic that I can't even word it at the moment. Like, it's a nightmare. And the amount of times that, like, I play in the wild on the PlayDH server, and the amount of times that I have to message Paul because, like, I go, hang on a second, these aren't mechanics that I, I play with every day, or I don't see them in my playgroups. Like, how does this work? How does that work? And I have to go, because, you know, we all know Paul is a uh, quote-unquote judge. And uh, I'm like, hey, man, how does this work? And, he go, and like an hour later, he gets me a response. I'm like, okay, that's how we thought it worked, but thank you. Yeah, I'm not the best at responding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you're not, but you are reliable when it comes to recording the podcast. You know what else is a nightmare? Matters. What's that? Thinking of a clever segue to the next segment. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that is Modern Horizons 2. <laughs> That is the next set we're going to talk about. That is the next modern set that, we, that we're going to talk about. So, um, I was just going to explain that Modern Horizons 1, for anybody who's not aware, was a set that came out, was it last year? Two years ago? 2019 that set came out. Two years ago. Because we were still old, playing... two years old this year. We were still playing at Books A Million when this set dropped. Because uh one of our friends in our play group decided he would just crack a draft booster um what would you call that like a draft booster collection like the the what is it called the oh the blister pack blister that's it. i couldn't think of bl- i was thinking splinter pack and i'm like that's not the right wording there yeah he, he cracked the blister pack and he was like nah nothing first pack was nothing second pack was nothing last pack he cracks a force of negation and we were all like damn is that for trade <laughs> it was a lot cheaper back then than it is now i'll tell you that much it was still like 40 bucks not um, even cheaper uh what was i saying oh modern horizons yeah so i came out to you uh well, it'll be two years old this year uh, it was a set that had zero uh, reprints of cards currently in modern it was all new cards or cards that were not in modern already so legacy Which then put in modern yes um, it was the very first set that printed cra- cards straight into modern legality, so it skipped standard. Uh, and I'm guessing that Modern Horizons 2 will follow the same formula, where it'll be uh, reprints of only legacy uh, legal cards, legacy and beyond, and new cards as well. So with that being said, uh, we can kind of narrow down the pool of options uh, as far as cards that we could see be reprinted. Uh, newer cards are difficult to explain. Although what's interesting, and I just realized, I probably sound like a fool, is that they did say they were reprinting the enemy fetch lands in Modern Horizons 2, which are already modern legal. I don't care that they're already modern legal because we need more prints of fetch lands. Just, yeah, like absolutely. we said this last year, we said we said this during 2020, and we said this about Commander Legends, didn't we? Just print more fetch lands if they. I think the most tweeted thing that I saw last year was fetch lands. Like what we were getting like commander legends was, I think Gavin was just inundated with the amount of like questions about fetch lands. And if they printed fetch lands in every single set for the next three years, it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. Like what I meant was that I just said that uh, they'll probably follow the same formula and like, they're already not doing that because they're reprinting the fetch lands here. So I'm guessing that there's going to be something different to modern horizons too. Although, all we, all we know right now is that they're printing the fetch lands, which is enough for me. Give me a case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, that's the thing, man. If you want, if you want to get a case, I'll um, I'll just you know, kind of come around 
not really over. I won't, I won't come over because of, you know, COVID and stuff. Depending on, like, what happens in the future with all that everything. Um, uh, let's Best case scenario, it's it's over with and everything, and we can kind of hang out in person again. I'll crack a box with you. I'll draft a box with you. Oh, bro. <laughs> just self-invite myself to your house just to, uh, you know, crack some packs. I love that feeling of cracking packs. Me too. There's something euphoric about it. But Definitely. For Mountain Horizon 2, like, the only thing I could really think of is Fetchlands. They're already doing it, so it's kind of hard to narrow down other things that I would want. Um, uh, if they are finish reprinting... Finish cycle, maybe? Uh, well, yeah. Well, that's for you. I don't I don't care about that much. Oh. Um, well, I, I guess I do. I guess they should finish it. Yeah, they should always finish their cycles. Um, I maybe would not. like to see maybe dual-colored forces? No. That, well, mecha I was mechanically, just a, that doesn't really work. I was just about to ask you... Uh, <laughs> How do you feel about another another cycle of free spells that, you know, we get? Like Force of Negation, Force of Vigor, and who cares about the other color forces because they don't do as much? That's what I would like to see. Better white cards. That That is my expectation, my hope for Modern Horizons 2. I want to see some some really good white cards. And not even like Power Crypt white cards, just generically good white cards because that's what white needs. And, I mean, if you go back and look at some of the older white cards that we don't play with, they're pretty good. Like, they're not exactly the, like, the most efficient at what we have now, but white's still in a decent spot. And, I mean, mono white is still really good in Commander as well. I mean, there's the, the Heliod Sun Crown deck, which is the, the, the combo deck with uh, Walking Ballista. That thing's a powerhouse deck, man. Like, that thing's nuts. I mean, hmm. like, sure, but... I don't like that a lot of white's power, including card draw, comes from artifacts. Like that just I agree with you on that one too, but I don't think I just I don't know how flavorfully they will they'll print card white a card draw in white. I mean we have we have Mangara. We should have had Hull Breacher. Again, right, it, another another segue into a conversation we've already had on the podcast before. It just um, it, it feels like th it feels like they think that as soon as you print draw a card on a card, it's automatically not white by color by definition and yeah i don't think that's correct like every color should be able to draw cards the difference is in you know how you slice it or how you flavor yeah exactly it. and i think mangara I think, was a good step in the in the right direction yeah because like it not really punishes your opponents for casting their second spell but it's like, oh, you've cast two spells this turn? Okay, I'm going to draw a card. You know, yeah, I'm going to get a little bit of advantage tax. for you being a little bit ahead. Just a little tax. Yeah, I mean, like, I still think for 100% Rhystic Study should have been a white card as well. Because it's a tax card. And it's what, you know, it's what white wants to do. Is They want, they want to tax their opponents and get and get value that way. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, like, I don't know. Just give me the fetch lines. I, everything else <laughs> in Modern Horizons 2 is just gravy at that point. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's enough about Modern Horizons 2. Let's move into our last set for 2021. Um, and that's Innistrad. One of the, what, the three favorited planes and all of the magic community, Zendikar, Ravnica, and uh, Innistrad. And we're going back to Innistrad again. So I think we last went back to Innistrad in 2016 with Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon. That sounds about right. Yes. Because it was just off the back of uh, Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch. 
that was and I believe fifteen was that fifteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was fifteen then. Oh man, I remember because I came back to Magic around that time to play like a little bit of standard here, a little bit of kitchen table there. Didn't really get back into Commander until a couple of years later, but I came back to like heavily playing Magic again around that time. Maybe it was fifteen actually. I want to I want to say it was fifteen. Yeah, without actually looking anything up real quick. Um, but anyway. It's been a hot minute since we've been back to Innistrad and they're giving us two, this is the first time they've ever, we've ever had like a standard set that is two variant sets, which are full sets. It's not like half is vamps and half is werewolves. We have a brand new full, full set of vampires and full set of werewolves. So that's, it's going to be a big set and I don't know how they're going to do this in standard or what's going to be there in standard because I mean, this is, this is huge, man. This is going to throw so many cards into the card pool for standard. I and think I, mean, I think there are a uh, a couple of sets rotating out when uh, they would this have becomes standard be. legal. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Eldrain and Ravnica are rotating out of standard with this. Well, Ravnica is already out of standard. No, uh, Ravnica Allegiance, right? Is that still in yeah, standard? Yeah, that, that that's already out. Uh, oh, War okay. uh, Ravnica, mm-hmm. Ale- uh, what is it? Guilds of Ravnica, Allegiance, and War are already out. Currently, it's I believe Eldrain onward or maybe eldraine's out as well eldraine's still like Coria. El- eldraine okay, is so, still standard so it'd be eldraine and Icoria, and one of those that would rotate out when this comes in yeah i just i'm having trouble remembering which ones they are but that's that, because that we don't correct. we don't play standard we play a non-rotating eternal format that is commander so i mean um you know st- standard aside this is going to add so many more cards into commander and there was one particular set that you wanted to talk about more than the other one. Uh, so, I made another card. But before <laughs> I talk about that, uh, I want to talk about... This is... I was I was excited about the very first Innistrad set. That's when I started playing. That set was cool. Uh, Shadows over Innistrad. At the time, I did not like that set. I was not interested. Although, there are a few cool cards that are now very expensive from that set. Um, this one... I'm neither here nor there about right now. I would be excited about it if they reflavored some of the things that make like that vampires do, like something that rewards them differently for dealing damage instead of just like getting plus one plus one counters and stuff. If they if they just make if they reflavor vampires and werewolves to be something completely different, not completely different, but like different enough that it feels, you know, I don't know, fresh, then I could see myself getting excited about this set. Um that being said, like oh, ahead, I mean, we we only have one really good vampire commander, and that's um, Edgar Markov. Yeah, he kind of took the world by storm when he showed up. Yeah, and I mean, he's Mardu colors. He has eminence. He makes vampires when you cast vampires. Um, you know, Olivia, you, you were talking about Olivia Voldaren, and we're not going to go into that right now, but we're going to a little little bit later. Um, we're talking about that card and vampires and stuff, and I feel like. If it's just that again in standard, I don't... Oh, like, even just that again. Like, I don't think we need it again. Because we already have it in Commander. So why would we need another set of vampires that do the same thing, that want to aristocrats and sack themselves and deal damage and make big things and swing out and, you know, drain your opponents? And I just... I don't know if we need it. And I am more excited for the werewolves side of this set, just like I think you are, because you did create this amazing card that we talked about before um before doing the show on the pre-show stuff that we do and um if you don't mind can i read this card yeah sure uh let me just uh i'm i'm, I'm gonna preface this yeah uh, i know i do that a lot but i just gotta preface this by saying that i purposely made this card very pushed 
because I think werewolves needs it because the actual creatures that they have are pretty lackluster. Okay, that's it. <laughs> all right. So we all know werewolves like to transform. So this is a double-faced card. Uh, this is Sethro Lycan Prodigy. It is three black, red, and a green for a... We did not put a toughness and uh, power on this creature. No, it would probably be a 5-5, five, five, though. 5-5? Five, five? I was thinking maybe 4-4 four, four or 5-5 five, five is probably pretty good. Anyway, mm. Sethro... Read the rest of the card and we'll see how you feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sethro is a 5-5 five, five with indestructible death touch and lifelink. Werewolves and wolves you control have death touch. If a creature... Uh, if a creature you control has death touch, the same is true for lifelink, indestructible, haste, protection, flying, hexproof, reach, first strike, and double strike. If I also a werewolf... should add trample in there. I just made it as I made a typo. Oh, uh, and trample. That, that's all right. I mean, wizards makes tra- uh, wizards make trample. Wizards makes mistakes all the time. Look at Alrond. I mean, they l- missed a whole sentence in that card. <laughs> if a werewolf you control transform this turn, transform Sethro. His Transformed version is Sethro Unleashed. Werewolves and wolves you control get a plus one plus one for each other werewolf or wolf you control. Has an activated ability of Jund, so that is uh, black, red, and green. Deal one damage to target creature. That creature becomes a werewolf. And at the beginning, so this is the next, this is another triggered ability, sorry. At the beginning of your end step, gain control of target werewolf. All right. So I just want to say, me and James love this card. I um. <laughs> would build this card. I don't have a Jun deck, and I would build this deck. Uh, I know that that backs up. So, okay, so the front side is obviously really good, right? It comes down, your whole board is suddenly indestructible, death-touching lifelinkers, in addition to whatever other keywords that you have, um, which is pretty good. Uh, when it transforms, though, you kind of trade off that resilience of your board just to make them very large. And I also borrowed some text from Olivia Voldarin with a couple of slight differences. And by a couple, I literally mean like, you know, actually three. Uh, First of all, the ability is a little more expensive. uh, And that is a trade-off as a result of his triggered ability at the end of the turn is free, as opposed to Olivia's, which you had to activate. So just just tuned his uh, actual activated ability to be a little more expensive, a little more difficult to activate. and it also, instead of making the creature a werewolf in addition to its other types, like Olivia makes things vampires in addition to their other types, he just completely overwrites their creature types with werewolf. And that is because, you know, if you watch like movies or, you know, any kind of media, usually when somebody becomes a werewolf, they are a werewolf, right? It's when they transform that they are the other thing or, you know, whatever they used to be. But they are, point in case, primarily a werewolf. Yeah, you don't go like, oh, look, there's that human slash werewolf thing coming at me. <laughs> it's, oh, my God, there is the werewolf. <laughs> so the fact that they lose their other types is kind of very flavorful. And, like, I I know you said this is pushed, but I don't think it's actually that pushed. Uh, I think the front side is a little more pushed. Um... Especially if he comes out as a 5-5. Five, five. I mean, at that, that point, he's a, he's what, he's a 6 CMC for a 5-5. Five, five. That has three keywords and gives your whole board three keywords. I mean, that's really strong. Yeah, but like, good. But what would he be on his on, <laughs> on the backside? So if he's a five five on the front, would he be a five five on the back as well, or do you reckon he'd, he'd he'd go down just a little bit because he gets that extra plus and plus bonds? Uh, he'd probably have to. Mm, like honestly, theoretically speaking, if if he was a one one, he would 
turn into like I don't know something quite large because of that ability because he would still be a yeah. werewolf. So he would probably stay the same as the front side. So if he was a four four on the front, he'd probably stay a four four on the back because he's just gonna get bigger, you know, no matter what. Yeah, this kind of just like it really. It's really like go wide, but also go really tall strategy. You know, you want to like get as many werewolves on the wolves or werewolves on the field so that you can get that extra plus one plus one for him and then just swing him in for commander damage and kill someone with 21 points of commander damage. You know, like it's a very, it's a very like wolf pack kind of go wide strategy as well as go tall when you, when you need to. Oh, I should have made flavor text for these cards. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so when we, when we put this on Twitter, uh, we will have flavor text for them. Because <laughs> we are unofficially going into magic R&D. And when I say we, I really mean just Paul, because he created most of this. I just kind of come up with like, you know, like what colors they might be or like how much converted mana cost they might be and other stuff like that. Um, so I didn't really do much of the mechanic side. It was all Paul. Um, go and give him some love on the Twitter. And uh, yeah. Uh, I guess that's about it that yeah i mean that's it that's that's everything that's coming out in 2021 and that's kind of what we want from the sets and they were the two cards that we created for those sets and if these things become if we get another werewolf uh commander that's anything similar to this i'm just gonna lose it because i'll be like we called this back in february of 2021 i don't think they would print something this oh no (laughs) not at all but I mean, they did print Oko. Hopefully, they will. Know. Oko is a card that did go to print. Yeah, and I mean, they reprinted—oh, not reprinted, but they printed Jeweled Lotus and Hull Breacher and Opposition Agent. So they might print something like this for Jund. I mean, why not? Yeah, they also printed uh, Essica, uh, Turgrid. Uh, just go listen to the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just go. These aren't anywhere near as pushed as what they already actually have. So just go listen to our last episode about what cards are, are a problem, or maybe might be a problem, and uh, and then come back and listen to this one and be like, well, yeah, you're probably on the same page we are. But anyway, with that, if you want to get at us and talk to us about these cards or anything else, you can do that on Twitter at cmdr at arms we have all of our other social medias in the show notes below as well as our email address where you can send us um, your deck submissions or episode suggestions we also have our brand new merch shirt that you can go and get at the link in the show notes below we also have our tcg affiliate link that if you wanted to pick up any of the cards that we spoke about in the last episode or anything that's coming up in this next year uh, through the sealed product or anything, uh, it's the best way that you can support local game shops by shopping online, and it also gives us a little bit of a kickback. You can support us directly through patreon.com slash commander at arms. And do you have anything else you wanted to say there, Paul? Um, I'll just insert my my usual end of show spiel. spiel. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it means a lot to me and James that you are here. Even if this is the only episode you listen to and will listen to, I appreciate you taking the time to do so. Um, I really encourage you to let me know on Twitter, you know, what you think about the episodes, because, you know, me and James just kind of sit here and prattle on, do our thing. But, you know, without input from other people, it's hard to know that if we're on the right direction or not. So if you're one of those people who are listening and you want to talk to us, please don't be shy. I promise me and James are very nice. Um... We'd love to hear from you about anything, you know, even if you just have like something personal that you want to say, it's all good. We'd love to hear it all. And with that, I'm James. And I'm Paul.
And you've been listening to the newest episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. Peace. See ya. Thank you.